because I had an idea and a dream and a plan. I put it in motion. I mean, you have to do the work, but it just opens up that whole anything else is possible. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to share with you before we dive into this episode today, the importance to me of elevating the voices of women in my network who not only identify as women of color, but are strong and outspoken and eager to share their stories with the world. Sherelle Martin is one of these women, and I was so honored when I reached out to her and she said, hell yes, I will be on your podcast. Um, Sherelle is a founder. She is a powerhouse. She is an inspiration, quite frankly, to women in the bookkeeping community. And I think that she stands out as an example of inclusivity. And she's always willing to share not only her story, but her tips and traits and expertise when it comes to the knowledge she's learned in building her own practice. And so that's why I loved having her on. I feel like she gave us a glimpse not only into who she is, but also the business she's built. And I think it's a powerful, powerful story. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Sherelle Martin on the Finding Fearless podcast. Welcome everyone to the Finding Fearless podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Pratt. And today with me, I have Sherelle T. Martin. Sherelle is the founder, CEO, and a tech-savvy cloud accountant at Nitrum Financial Solutions, which is an award-winning financial management and consulting practice. She supports business owners with managing the financial health of their business by providing outsourced accounting, bookkeeping, and consulting services that help her clients find money links, increase cash flow, and maximize their profits. She's an advanced certified QuickBooks Pro Advisor, which is no small feat. And she's also a certified Zero Partner and a member of the Intuit Trainer Writer Network. Welcome, Sherelle. It is amazing to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I, I have been looking forward to this conversation. You're, you're one of the many people out in what I call the Twitter sphere, you know, people who I vibe with and have conversations with on the internet. But I really wanted to sit down with you today to learn a little bit more about your story because I think everybody's paths, particularly in the financial and accounting profession, is super unique what brought them there. So I'm going to kick us off with one of the questions we ask every one of our guests, which is how did you become the woman that you are today? How did I become the woman I am today? Oh, such a big question for me because I feel like I'm just just a regular old a regular old gal, just working, just working a business, um, being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I I was an army kid um, for about till I was a, probably in the second grade. So I traveled quite a bit. Didn't have a lot of friends up until that point because I moved around a lot and. Ooh. So as I got older and more stationary, made some friends, just, but no, you know, I've had no major life occurrences, knock on wood, nothing, um, like just a typical regular girl, woman, um, went to college, went to a couple of colleges, um, graduated, got my degree, joined the public world of accounting. And I liked it pretty much for a while, but then I got tired of the tax season and the hours. I became a mom and unknowing to myself that I would be the mom that I am. I thought I would never thought that I would be the mother that I am um, as far as the amount of love and care and involvement that I want to have in the things that they do. Um, so after corporate, I went to pub um, after public, I went to corporate. And then I just was like, I'm tired. Like I'm tired of working 70, 60 to 70 hours a week for somebody else for no, no accolades, a little bit of a raise every year and still just grinding. And so why not do it for myself? Mm -hmm. And so I just jumped in both feet. Um, I quit my job in less than a year, just about a year, about 11 months. I went full-time cold turkey. Um, and I haven't looked back. And that was in 2012. Wow. And I think being a business owner has, it has given me like the stamp of approval, if you will. Like mm. if you decide that you want to do something, you can do it. I gave myself two years and I was like, if it doesn't work in two years, you know, we'll go back and get a job. And But 
I got two years in, I was like, I don't want to go back. I'm completely unemployable now. Like I, I, <laughs> I cannot work for somebody else. I, and, and I've had moments where it was like, I'll just get a job. It'll probably be easier, but it wasn't easier to try to find a job. Um, as someone pointed out to me. And so I was like, all right, well, and, and during the interviews, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, mm. I don't want to go back to this. I don't want to have mm-hmm. to get up and put on a suit every day or even business professional and drive in traffic for somebody else's office politics. So here I am. And, yeah. and I think it's given me a lot of, um, like I said, a stamp of approval just to like, to be and take charge of my life and myself and, mm-hmm. and has pushed me into being more authentic to myself. I think a lot of times I've shied away from who I am as a person to be somebody that somebody else wants me to be, to act a certain way, to, to do certain things versus just doing what I want to do and being who I want to be. And I think now that being, because I have my own life in my own hands now is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I'm able, it's pushed me to be more of me, who I am. So mm-hmm. I feel more at my natural self than I probably have ever prior to the, mm-hmm. starting this business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I relate to that a lot. I think that, you know, in, inevitably when you're in somebody's corporate environment or somebody's, you know, office, you've got to show up as, as they expect you to or as they want you to. Mm-hmm. And when suddenly that's stripped away, you really get in touch with who do I want to be when I show up. And, and it's interesting too, because when you first start uh, you know, trying to, to work with clients and, and attracting clients, if you show up as somebody who's not yourself, you're going to attract the wrong kind of people yeah. too, is what, is what I found. And so, it, you know, f- finding that rhythm where you can show up as yourself suddenly means that the people that you want to work with shows up. And that's, that's such an important shift. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So what, what, you know, out of all the careers you could have, you know, been drawn to, was there something in particular that inspired you or pulled you to the world of accounting? Was it, did it just come natural to you or what, what brought you in that direction? You know, it's funny. I tell people this story all the time. When I was in high school, I was in like what they called a, at the time it was called a university program, which Ooh. was kind of like the pre AP, pre IB program. So more advanced classes. So by the time I got to my senior year, I had taken all the core classes. And so I had like elective periods and my parents were very adamant that I was not going to do a half a day as much as I wanted it. So (laughs) I had to take some classes. So I took a computer science class and I learned how to code in Fortran for anybody that remembers that. (laughs) And I took, so I took that for one semester. And then the second semester I took accounting which mm. I would have never even, I didn't even know what it was. Like I just, yeah. someone suggested it. So I took it and I actually equally liked both because it was the process of figuring things out. So in mm. the programming, obviously I'm figuring out how to create a code, how to make something do something, which was exciting. But then in the accounting space, you know, they were giving us problems. And even though I hate word problems, I've always hated word problems. I've always been good at math, just like basic mm-hmm. regular math. So you take a word problem out of the out of the picture. I am I can do all kinds of math and figure things out. So the thing that I liked was being able to figure stuff out. And so when I went to college, my first semester at, was at Towson State and the computer. I was like, I'm going to major in computer science. And, Mm. you know, they give you the curriculum. These are the classes you're going to have to take for the next four years. And there was a whole lot of regular science, like chemistry, biology. And I was like, for computer science? And Mm. I hate science. So I chose accounting. Mm. Like, I totally picked it random. (laughs) There was no, you know, I heard a lot of people say that they've had people in their family who were accountants. I I have no entrepreneurs in my family. Um, Oh, wow. Everyone in my family. Like, I am the first entrepreneur in my family, probably that I know of. Um, All of my family have worked, you know, they worked labor type jobs or in the, you know, they worked union jobs and like they worked. There was Mm -hmm. no, no one was truly in a corporate, if you will, like climbing the corporate ladder type of space. Yeah. So it was, it was just a total, like, I don't want to take science. So we're going to do <laughs> accounting. And that's how I picked it. But 
in the back of me, I've always loved the technology side of it, which I, which is why mm. I think the way that I do operate now, why I'm so much into the technology and the cloud. Because before I started my business, I was like, I am totally getting out of accounting. I'm going to do it for a couple of years and then find something else. Because when mm. I started, I was doing desktop. Um, but then I discovered, you know, they revamped QuickBooks Online the very next year. And all the apps started showing up. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. So I get to still play in the tech space a little bit. Yeah, um, totally. Which makes it, which has made it so much more the better. So much yeah. more the better. So I kind of get a little bit of, like I'm not programming, but I kind of mm-hmm. get a little bit of both worlds. And you're, and you're problem solving too, right? Because so much of serving the client is, is putting together these pieces of their operations exactly. and, and, you know, figuring out the technology and tools that can power a better process for them and, and for you ultimately, because I'm sure, you know, you're, you're not there to do data entry, you know, that's not your goal. So I can totally see how those two got married together. That's super cool. Hmm. So, so, so I want to switch tacks here a little bit because one of the things that, you know, you talked about a moment ago, you, you know, is, is kind of this idea of coming into yourself. And, and, and I think that, you know, that way that that unfolds is in the form of what I call personal branding. And, you know, one of the things that I really recognize and admire about you, you know, when I go to your website or when I see you online is you have a very, um, cultivated brand. You know, you have great imagery, you've got a good, you know, very clear website. And, you know, I'm curious, you know, what, what inspires that personal brand that you bring to the forefront? And how have you seen, you know, moving into that direction where you're, you're branding as, as who you are, how does, has that made you stand out and attract potential clients? Well, first, let me say thank you, because I totally appreciate that. Um, I'm a, a very, I'm a visual person. Um, yeah. So if I wasn't in accounting or technology, I would probably be in the digital space, like doing something yeah. with images. And things. The thing is, I love design and creativity and things like that, but I don't have a creative bone in my body. Like I can't create anything. Yes, you do. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> but, I, but I personally feel like I have an eye for it. Like I feel like I can look at yeah, stuff and too. see if something is like, oh, that's not going to make it or that's really good. Mm-hmm. But I have no ability to do any of it, which is crazy because my kids do like my, my, both of my daughters are really good at freehand drawing. And then one of my daughters, um, and they both dance. And so they're very much in the art world, um, on top of being really smart and intelligent and doing great in school. But for me, it, it, like I haven't, I just feel like I have an eye for it. So when I look I feel like things need to look a certain kind of way to give off a certain feel and a certain vibe. And so yeah. when I created my brand, it's, it's funny because I refreshed it. Maybe I think it's been three years now. Um, mm. When we updated the, then the name, we changed the name, update the branding and the logo. Um, and it took me a while to find it, but I look at it every day and I'm like, I love it. Like I love mm. how it came out and how it turned out. And, yeah. and I feel like it's just, it's more me. It's bright. It's vibrant. You know, people are always like, when I first started, they were like, you can't have red as your color because of red, <laughs> you're doing numbers. You can't be red. And I was like, red is my favorite color. I'm absolutely going to do red. <laughs> like there's yeah. no other color that I don't want. I don't like blue and I like green. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, and I, and I actually watched and looked at a couple other um, top 50 firms who, have the exact same colors that I do. So mm-hmm. it, it just pushed me to believe like, I don't have to be the norm and I don't want mm-hmm. to be the norm. So mm-hmm. it just like part of my brand is to be who I want to be. And so it's helped me come out and show my personality. Like I, when I did the photo shoot last year, I was like super duper fun. I want to do it again because mm-hmm. I, I never wanted to be a typical you know, Martin and Associates or Martin and Company mm-hmm. type of company. Mm-hmm. And so doing the branding and, and pulling out, putting me into it allows it to come out and be like, because I like, I'm fun. I'm vibrant. I, I like, I like to laugh a lot. I like to have fun. I'm not stiffy. I'm, I'm very sociable, um, which is also, I'm putting more into my brand as far as the social aspect of it. Um, because I get to know my clients and I think that's what helps. 
is that I get to know them and I have conversations with them as a person and the business. Um, so they, mm-hmm. they can talk to me, they can share with me and not feel like I'm judging them or, or quick to diagnose them from a, from a professional standpoint. Like I look at the whole picture and I try to help guide them like, all right, so we know this is wrong. We can't do this. How are we (laughs) going to change it? And so it's not just a, like a, like a shake your finger at them. No, no, no type of thing. Cause I think that's what turns people off and makes them feel like they can't go to their um, professional with things because they, they're like, oh, they're just going to tell me I can't do it. And so they shy away from it um, more, but because I give off that, like, I like we can be friends. If we can be friends mm-hmm. plus do businesses, it's a bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that I get. Like when I I land on your site, you know, I get such a vibe. I get such a sense of who you are. And I think a lot of people forget that. Like a lot of people think brand is just, you know, it's just the colors. It's just the logo, you know. And I'll see folks, you know who have a site and they're not really investing in those areas, you know, they're just kind of doing things that are a little generic, you know, when they're, you know, and I understand when you're starting out, you got to do with what you got to do, but you know, these areas really, really matter. I always tell people, it's like your website is your new front lobby if you're operating virtually. So it's like, you know, if a client shows up and the place is a mess or it's like got decor from, you know, 1995, they're not necessarily going to feel like you're, you're modern and you're going to be able to help them. And so, it's such a critical area to invest in and and doing things like getting great photos taken of you is so impactful because, you know, if you're just using stock photography, you know, that, that feels generic, you know, clients are going to feel like the services you're going to offer are generic and they're not going to get any sense or vibe of who you are or what you're about. So I, I, I think it's, it's really commendable what you've, what you've built. And, and I I think it probably attracts a higher quality of client too, I would imagine. Would, would you agree with that? Um, I would say in some instances, yes. Um, yeah, but I also feel like it also attracts the person who wants to work with someone who's authentic and real. And I hate the word authentic, but mm. that's the best word I can come up with right now. But the, it, it attracts yeah. the person who wants to work with the person, right? They don't yeah. want to work with, yeah. um, even though technology is trying to take over and, and AI is mm-hmm. becoming more and more prevalent, they don't necessarily, even if a technology is doing the, 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 the tactical tasks, they still want to talk yeah. to a person and be a person. And, yeah. um, yeah. And someone who can they can relate to and talk to and like I said, and not be afraid to to talk to and share what's happening and going on. And also but also feel like like they're not throwing all their information out there in the wind. Like they still want to know that their stuff is protected and secure and confidential. But at the same time, like she's on my team. Like we're a partner. This is a yeah. partnership. It's not just I tell people all the time, like you we're a part of your team. Your office just you just got a whole nother office because we're not just another vendor that you're paying like this. We're vested into this. Yeah. I, 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 to a fault sometimes care a little bit more about their success than they do. Um, <laughs> and so I have to sometimes but, remind myself. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's real and it's, it's what I can tell just by hearing the way you talk is it's relationship driven. And I think that, you know, there's this big question or, you know, issue or discussion inside of the space in the industry right now around advisory, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody is trying to say, you know, become an advisor, do this, you know, advisory looks like that. But I think it's, it's not a one size fits all thing. It's not like, here's the model for advisory, go out and do this and everything will be great. And you can sell a million dollar services. No, advisory is unique. And what I'm hearing you share is kind of what advisory looks like in your practice. So describe it a little bit more. What, what is that relationship? relationship-based advisory work look like to you? Yeah. So from a technical standpoint, it's the types of services, right? So it's the consulting services Mm -hmm. around um, technology and software and processes and workflows and doing assessments. Like that's, it's not the day-to-day bookkeeping piece of it. Right. Um, And, and, but from a person to person, from a relationship standpoint, it's getting to know the person and understanding why they do the things they do, why they're in this business, what drives them to make the decisions that they make and helping them put that as part of their strategy and help them craft 
like a message or a solution or like, you know, a strategy that's going to actually help them grow the business from that perspective. Because I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people, they don't make the decisions they make. Well, some, I hope most, but there may be some who do, but most don't make the decisions mm-hmm. that they make just because they're just free willy nilly. And, you know, like they didn't put some sort of thought into it. And so I take the approach, yeah. like, I need to understand why you did that. Like, why are we doing this? And, and, and initially, yeah. sometimes it's kind of like, wait, what do you mean? Why? Like, because this is what I want to do. But I'm like, no, I need you to help me understand it from your perspective. I need to be in your mind. Because I can't help you yeah. make this, the decisions towards the right direction or the right way to do something if I don't understand what your logic is behind it and why you want to do it. Like, what's the bigger picture? What's the bigger goal? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's as simple as a why, the, yeah. like the really big why. And sometimes it's a I, bunch of smaller ones. I think that, that piece of like, you know, you've got to have that relationship first before the client is going to reveal the truth, (laughs) you know, because if if you don't trust somebody, you're not going to share at that level. But there's so many times, for example, somebody was like, yeah, you know, you'll see a client and they're, you know, doing weird things with money inside their business, or they're kind of squirreling it away or pulling a lot of cash out. And, you know, then you, then you learn they've, got a family member who is struggling or they've got, you know, a daughter who's going off to college. And so they need to save extra to prepare for that big expense, you know, but that's, that's personal, you know, that's yeah. a personal situation. Yeah. And so clients got to build that trust in order for them to share. Yeah. But otherwise you're going to be in the dark and just be like, what the heck are you doing? And that's the thing. Like I try to tell people, it's not, I'm not here to just be like, like, no, stop doing that. Like I want to help you figure out the correct way to do it. Okay. So you keep taking out draws or distributions and pulling money out because of this other thing. Well, okay. So maybe we need to put you on a payroll. Like let's do it. Let's figure out how to do it the right way. Um, versus or increase your payroll. You're not paying yourself enough, but you're still taking out draws. Like, why don't you just increase your salary? Like to helping them figure out the right way to do it and get on the right path. Because once they're doing it the right way and they understand it, they actually are very willing to follow the, you know, the direction, but it's getting them to take the first step. The first step is always the hardest. I have a couple of clients where we've been trying to push them to move from paying people as contractors, as employees, because I can see by definition that they are employees. And it's just taking that first yeah. step. That's really, really, really hard. But once for the ones that have taken it and made the shift, it's like, oh, now I get it. Well, yeah. So I'm not here to just say no, 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 no. And be the mean, you know, the mean accountant. Like I want to help you do what's right. And and part of our our mission is about educating business owners on how to do right and operate the right way um, so that they can make the good decisions to be, get to where they're trying to get. And so I'm very much, and I guess that's why I'm so much into the relationship side of it, because I want you to know and understand the right way to do it and why it's important. Um, you just, they just need, sometimes they just need handholding to get, to make yeah. that step. You know, change is hard. Change is really, yeah. really hard. Yeah. And I think, I think too, it's, it's hard for some firms that are used to just, you know, doing what I call behind the desk sort of work, you know, doing transactional manual work, you know, doing things that don't involve that interpersonal building connection, building relationships. I think it's really hard for them to think about and envision stepping out from behind that desk to build the relationship. And, and the first piece, in my opinion, you know, for you to even have the time or the ability to, to move in that direction is, technology, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to implement the technology so that it's possible for you to have the data and insights to even guide those conversations. But as you and I both know, you know, there's a whole spectrum. There's firms like you that are like, you've got it in place. It's humming and singing. You're consulting with clients, helping them transform. And then there are other firms that are really struggling to get a hold on that and to make those transformations. And, and so you know, as somebody who, who, you know, you are a part of the writer trainer network, you're teaching firms how to make these moves. What advice do you give or would you give to other firm owners that are afraid of that change and are unsure how to transform with technology and move in this advisory they direction? They have to embrace it. They have to embrace it because mm-hmm. it's, it's here, right? It's not as much as people, every, every decade or so, something great comes out, some technology thing comes out and people are like, oh, it's just a phase. It's just a fad. It, no, it's not. Like who knew that 
all this time, like when Facebook first came out, I think I joined Facebook in like 2012 or 11 or something. Didn't think yeah. it would go this far or last this long. Thought it would be something that come and go. And here we are. It's still here. Like every now and then yeah. I go through and I'm like, I need to, like, I have way too many pictures and things on here, like here, because that's how long I've been doing it. Like they just have to, to embrace it because it's not going anywhere. One of our core values is to trust the process. So like trust the direction and the process and where things are going and then figure out how to work in that space. Like instead of trying to be so defiant to push against it, like figure out how you can work in it. Mm -hmm. And I think too, it's like, there's so many resources available. That's the thing that that blows me away is it would be one thing if everybody was like out there having to figure this out on, on their own, but there's kind of no excuse these days. It's like, there is webinars, there are events, there are, you know, podcasts, there are educational resources galore. Most of them are free, you know, for you to make these moves, not to mention that the tech companies themselves will, you know, invest resources in you, create trainings for you. And you know, the fact that like, if you're struggling to reach out and to lean into the resources or the people who are in this space, who are there to help and support, you know, I think that's so critical for firms to recognize that they're not in it alone. And I think sometimes people get caught up in what's going on inside their own little firm. But if they only were to look around and see, wow, there's a ton of firms out there that are going through the same process, you know, but it, but it would be as crazy as if somebody had like, you know, was still trying to do books in Excel, like change happens, you know, and, and you've got to, you've got to keep up with it, but you've also got to see that you're not in it alone and that there's, there's people here to guide. Yes, and, and like, I think that's why I'm so much on Twitter because I've, I've gained, developed relationships and learned so much from people just from being on, on Twitter and a little bit on Facebook, but mostly on Twitter because there's a whole community of people out here who actually want to help you. Some for monetary gain, you know, that's their, their model, but others, there are others who are, who, who that's not what they're in it for. Like they're willing to share and willing to help. And I'm a very much willing to give and willing to share person as well. So to be able to receive, like you can get so much insight just by asking for help and going to things and going to events and, you know, meeting people in person to help strengthen and build the relationships. Like it's, it's key. It's key. Yeah. And that's what I love about, you know, I call it my, my kind of people, but I've got, you know, I've got certain people and relationships I've built in this space. And it's like my kind of people, we're service-based people. We're like, we, we give to a fault sometimes, you know, it's, it's kind of our weakness. But if somebody raises a hand and says, Hey, I need some help over here. We're like, we're the people who show up and are like, email me anytime, text me, here's my phone number, I'll help you out. But you know, it's because we care and it's because that's our why, like that's, what lights us up inside is seeing somebody make the connection or, or, you know, get through the hardship or, or what, what have you based off of the information and knowledge that we already have, like just the ability to pass that on is so rewarding, you know, and I've got to imagine with your work inside of, you know, the writing and training you do, that's really rewarding to take the knowledge you've built over time and the things you've tested in your practice and then see that be passed on to other people who aren't as far down the path as you are. Hey guys, Madeline here, interrupting for a quick moment to tell you a little bit about Women Talk Money. For those of you that know my work well, you know I'm super passionate about creating spaces for women to connect with each other and share their stories. That's why we launched the Women Talk Money community. This is a virtual community designed for women in accounting and finance to connect with each other on an ongoing basis through our member portal, resources, and bi-weekly coaching conversations with leading women in the profession. If that sounds like something that would be helpful to you as you grow your practice or your business, we would love to have you there. You can head over to womentalkmoney.com community. Just remember that women is spelled with an X. I, I, so one of the things that you know about my work and, and most people listening to the podcast know is that I'm, I'm super passionate about, you know, female entrepreneurship. And in particular, you know, I believe that, you know, by, by starting our own companies, women can fundamentally shift the dynamic of power in the world. I believe that we can put money in our own pockets, which means we've got decision-making power and, and that that can just perpetuate some really, really enchanting 
important change in terms of power dynamics and, and just lead to a better society. And, you know, you're a woman, you're a mom, you're a, you're a business owner, you're a member of the black community. Like, how do you see entrepreneurship as a path to empowerment and, and the ripple effect of that, especially being the first entrepreneur in your family? How is that, you know, how is that, you know, change the way other people see you and you see yourself? I think, like I said um, early on, it, it gave me the stamp of approval that like, like I've always been a person who believes that if you, you know, you know the saying, if you dream it, you, if you believe it, you can, if you dream it, you can believe it, it can happen or something like that. Right. So I've yeah, always been yeah. um, a believer in that, that if I can dream it and I put forth the effort that it can happen. But I never felt like I had the push or support system from others to push me to do it. Mm. So when I made the decision to actually do it and, and I talked it over with my husband and he was like, um, OK, because he sees or saw the drive that I have when I put my mind to like he always yeah. would say, if you put your mind to it, it'll get done regardless of what it was, good or bad. It will get done. <laughs> yeah. And so when I first said yeah. it and he was like okay. And I was like, we're going to, you know, we're going to give it two years. We, and, and if it doesn't work, you know, if it's too much of a strain financially or whatever the case may be, you know, then I'll go back and get a job. He's like, all right, cool. So it has given me that push and, and kind of stamped that. Yes. Like you, be- I already believed it. Well, it's definitely now mm-hmm. it's fact. So before it was a belief and now it's a fact that mm-hmm. because I had an idea and a dream and a plan, I, I, I put it in motion. And then, I, I mean, you have to do the work to, to get it done, but it's, it, it just opens up that whole, it, anything else is possible for me. Um, and yeah. like I said, I, I've yeah. come across, you know, mentors and colleagues and who have given me the, who have been supportive. You know, that's one thing it's, it's, I'm working with in a, in a public firm, you know, there were I worked with business owners, but most of them were family owned. And, you know, from what I saw, they just landed in a good, you know, they had a trade and they landed on it and, and built it. Um, but not knowing the extent of the entrepreneurship community was what I had no idea. Like that there are people out there who will support you, who will help you, who will push you. Um, so if you can't, you don't have to do it alone and you don't have to feel like you have mm-hmm. to do it alone because you can get the support that you need. Um, it just continues to like, it just continues to push me. Like when I see other people's successes and, um, other people who are where I want to be, like being in the right room with the right people, it just pushes me even further. Like it just gives me that empowerment to be like, this is possible. This can happen um, regardless mm-hmm. of what the naysayers say, because everybody's not meant to be in business, right? There has to be somebody to work for the businesses. Yeah. So everybody's mm-hmm. not meant to be in business and everybody doesn't get it. So you just have to be around the right people to get that kind of, yeah. to get that juju that you need, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, I resonate that with that a lot because, you know, I, when I started my company, um, ironically, like, even though my parents had both been, you know, entrepreneurs in some capacity, my dad had his own law firm and my mom ran a, ran, um, an art publication, a magazine. And, and as soon as I, you know, I had originally been the black sheep in my family for, for following that corporate path. Nobody else had done it. And it was like, whoa, you're doing like a job with an office. And like, you know, that was weird. But then when I was like, okay, I'm going to start my own company. They were like, oh my gosh, don't do it. And then they like told me all their horror stories. And I was like, what? You know, y'all are just a lesson in like what not to do, basically. But then, you know, I connected with, uh, you know, folks in the industry and I connected with a co-working space. And suddenly, like, like you said, you're surrounded by people who are modeling that for you. And I think particularly if you don't have a good model, it's so important to find those models and pull them in so that you can ask questions and you can learn and you can just be surrounded by people who are operating and thinking about business in the way that you do. And, and, you know, and sometimes that involves Mm -hmm. networking and some of that's, you know, in person and some of that's, you know, 
in uh, online capacity, but really seeking out those sort of people that you want to be surrounded with. So, so talk to me about how you, you know, have networked and the way that you network and how that's impacted your growth in your career. Networking helps a lot. And I think because in our space, in my space of financial space, right, you, the, the, Mm -hmm. you can't just walk in a room, meet somebody and they say, I'm going to hire you right now. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, cause because you have to build that relationship and get that trust. And so networking for me is really important, um, because it shows people, you know, when they see me, they see me in my element, they see me as a person, they get to know me, um, whether they need my service or they refer my service, um, Either way, it like it mm-hmm. helps grow in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And so I've had clients who refer me, who shout my name from the rooftops. Um, and I have, you know, friends and colleagues in other industries where we partner and refer business back and forth. So it definitely has helped and impacted, um, impacted my business in a great way. I mean, even networking to the point where um, at one point I was networking at a lot of local events and um, happened to be in a like waiting on an elevator in a building and the person that came out was like, Oh, you, yes, I need, I have a proposal out. I need you to submit a proposal. Like it was just, she needed a person. Um, they needed an outsource controller and she was, she -hmm. had been, I guess, posting jobs that because she was posting as jobs. I didn't know. I didn't see them. And then she bumped into Mm -hmm. me and, and and told me about it and, and told me to submit a proposal and we got him as a client. And it was all because I she knew who I was just from networking. Like we didn't know each other really, really well, but mm-hmm. we had seen each other and spoken and chatted enough times at events that she knew who I was and she had seen me speak and she had, you know, so she had gotten, you know, good words from other people. So it definitely, definitely helps in a big way to get out and just, you can't, and that's the hard part of being, you know, a remote business is you're, you're, Mm -hmm. I'm at home most of the time in my office by myself. (laughs) So you have Mm -hmm. to get out. And sometimes I do, what I call virtual networking, virtual chats, you know, and that's, you know, being on social media helps in that space some too, but sometimes you just have to get out and meet Mm -hmm. and see people like face to face and in person. Um, You know, I'm a part of an an organization called Whore Corner and I've gotten lots of business from that. And it's just because I've gone out and networked and met people. Um, And, and it just, you, it's a must. Like you can't, you absolutely can't think that you're going to just, you know, start a business and people are just going to automatically come, you have to do some sort of network. Yeah. It's not like you're going to throw up the landing page and just be like, the right. business you is flooding. You really mean <laughs> SEO I mean, for that to happen. Like, <laughs> I know, I was going to say, maybe you've got a wild marketing budget and you're in like a really particular niche, but like, Besides that, it is so important to put put your face out there. And, and because then these moments have ripple effects. I mean, I don't know about you, but every single time I've gone and put myself out there in that sort of way, the ripple has been, you know, really, really impressive. You know, I'm a part of a, a networking group called Elevate. And it's for female entrepreneurs. And it's like from that one group, I've gotten you know, friends, I've gotten people I refer business to, people who refer business to me. I've got people who've become coaching clients. I've got, you know, folks who, uh, you know, do work for me, like my, my assistant, my virtual admin, I got through. So it's like, there's so many different ways that, that just by making those connections. And I think, you know, great networking comes from, you know, some people think it's just like, I got to know my sales pitch. I just got to be out there just pitching myself. But really what I find is it's really just about being willing to make connections. And that if you're seen as somebody who is a great connector and, and who's willing to say, Hey, actually, you know, I, I can't help you with that, but I know somebody who, who can, and you make those introductions. It's, it's a total thing where people will want to return that favor in some way. And so when you're willing to, to generate business for others, they do it in return and those ripples just keep, keep coming is what, is what I've found at least in, in my own networking, in my, in my business. Hmm. What about in terms of, of, you know, so there's the network, right? So the network's like more professional, it's more external maybe, but what about on the personal side? I happen to know you may or may not have a pretty badass kind of (laughs) lady tribe, so to speak. 
of people that you go to for advice and inspiration. So where do you find, you know, the motivation, the um, encouragement, the, you know, I've had a shitty day and I need somebody to speak to about it. Cause you know, I'm sure your husband's an awesome person, but like mine doesn't understand what I do at all. And so I need people in my, in my corner who get it. So who do you go to for those things? I have quite a bit. So I do have two, um, two mentors that I talk to a lot. Um, and one um, we've become, she was actually my very first mentor she coached and, and coach mm. and we've become friends. I mean, both of them, we've, we've become friends. So even if I'm not in an engagement with them, like I can text them and be like, ah, and they'll be like, what's wrong? <laughs> like what is happening? Um, <laughs> and, and walk me off of a ledge if I need to be walked off of a ledge. Um, and yeah. then I also have, you know, a couple of pockets of colleagues. Um, I have someone Slack. I have someone Twitter. Like it's just, I have like two or three pockets of people and some of them cross where someone may be in more than one of the group, but where I can just share like feelings, emotions, ask advice, get inspiration. Like they, like I, I do have a, a good little tribe of people. I honestly do believe that. Um, and like I said, if I need to be talked off a ledge, I have quite a couple on speed dial where it's just like this. It's crazy. I don't know what to do. And it could be sometimes it's, you know, totally business related. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like it's sometimes it's personal yeah. related and it just depends. Um, but, it you know, it you have to networking has been key to that because had I not been, I would never have met these people or known about these people to begin with. And you know, my immediate closest friends that I've been friends with since college, love them dearly, but none of them are entrepreneurs. And so I can't mm. talk to them about the business stuff, you know, and I can't, my husband's not an entrepreneur, so yeah. I can't talk to them about that stuff. They don't get it. You know, it's like, they just don't get it or, or they simply don't know how yeah. to, they don't know what to say to make it better because that's not their world. Um, yeah. 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 They like, mean well. I don't know what the hell. I don't know how to help you, but you want to get a drink? <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. you know, you, it's just. So I do have a group of people that I go to, you know, here and there for all of the above inspiration, advice, guidance, um, hand holding, shoulder to cry on. Um, and it's it's been the key to my sanity in doing this business because like I said, like I've said before, like you can't, you, you can't and don't want to be in it by yourself. You, it's just, it won't yeah. be healthy. You'll have moments where you need to yeah. unwind and, and move and step aside. So, yeah. 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 And I think, I think that's the thing is, is, you know, to talk about sanity and mental health for a moment, like, it is critical to understand that, you know, I think, I think in our society right now, like I kind of blame, blame Shark Tank, but like being <laughs> an entrepreneur has been a little bit glamorized, right? Like it's been, oh my gosh, like you're an entrepreneur. Like, you know, there's, there's all those people with those weird Instagram videos where they're in like a rented car being like, I'm an entrepreneur and I made six figures in five weeks or whatever, you know? And, and the reality, at least for the people I know who are really in it, is it's hard work, you know, it's, it's perseverance, it's amazing days and freedom, but it's also some, some hard times and that the power and importance of having people around you to get that. Um, and to know that like, you shouldn't have to go it alone to see yourself as successful. You should be able to have support system. Cause it's like when you're in an office, you have people like that. You have, you know, colleagues or, you know, I always called them like my work wives, like my work wives who I would go yeah. through an event and say, Oh my God, this is, this is what we're going through. But, but in any other working environment, you know, we look for people to, to support us and lift us up. And I think it's, equally important when we're in in the space of running our own companies to surround ourselves with people who are going to hold us in the same space and 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 you know help help us see where we need to grow or or help us take care of ourselves or, or find mentors who can help you know us lead forward in new ways i mean all of that is so critical to to su true success that is that is meaningful and that um 
because then you can celebrate too, right? Like the, as much as I go to those people to, to say, oh man, this thing's going on. Those are also the people who, when I say, man, I loaded, I landed this contract that's bigger than anything I've ever done before. Those are the people who are cheering me on too. Hey guys, it's Madeline. And you know that I love having these kinds of conversations where we're celebrating the successes of female founders and female entrepreneurs. But I also love supporting people on the path of entrepreneurship, which is why I created the Learning Lab. Learning Lab is an online educational community designed for ambitious entrepreneurs to dive in to ongoing education that's meant to support them as they start, grow, or scale their business. If you're somebody that's looking for resources and leadership and education that really helps you thrive as an entrepreneur, come on over to fearlessintraining.com slash learning lab to check out our lineup for the year and to join us on this learning journey. So, you know, another question I thought was super critical to ask you, particularly because, you know, I love the way you describe your business because some folks are like, okay, we do bookkeeping and accounting, but you really talk about how you're trying to, you know, help people maximize profits and you're really focused on helping clients with their cash flow and, and, you know, you're building these super personal relationships and, 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 you know, I think that there's a lot of lessons that particularly women and, and women entrepreneurs need to learn to be comfortable in terms of growing and talking about and owning money and kind of all of the power that comes with it. So I was wondering if there are, you know, any lessons or words of wisdom around finances that you would want to pass on to the next generation of female entrepreneurs? Other than hiring a professional to do it, um, Mm. like if you're, if, if you're, this is, if this is not your space, don't even try, like, don't try to do it because you're just, it, it always leads to a bigger mess that has to be cleaned up later that costs you more later. And so I know myself and a couple of other colleagues have services for the smaller companies. Um, It's more of on a, on a consulting basis initially until they build, but we have services that we can offer someone who's just getting started that make Mm -hmm. this more affordable. Um, The other big advice that I was saying, this is for any business owner is to pay yourself first. Mm. Um, so many times we the people start businesses and they're paying, you know, they're paying for, if depending on the business, you know, they're paying for the costs of the business, right? Insurance, the apps, the softwares, um, and, and people, right? They pay people, they have to pay people to do the work and then they end up not being paid or they don't get paid enough. And that's where people fall into the trap of just taking money out of the bank because they're not paying themselves um, Mm. something that they need. So, you know, definitely make sure you pay yourself first and have a budget. And and I call it a, um, so what I would say is create a budget, not just for your business, but also for your entire life. So Mm -hmm. adding up all of the things that you need to pay yourself personally, adding up all the things you need to pay yourself as a business for the business and then combining it together to figure out how much you need to be bringing in the door to cover both. Like mm. that's the key to, to being financially successful. Um, like be, and being able to pay yourself because we fall into this trap of, well, I have to pay these people. I have to pay my labors, right? I have to pay my payroll. I have to pay my contractors. I have to pay for all these other things. And at the end of the day, we're left with nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, mm-hmm. and being in that space makes you not like what you do. <laughs> it can mm-hmm. definitely make you like go down that. Well, maybe I should get a job because it's easier because, because you, and, or, you know, because you're, you're like, I'm working so hard and not seeing any benefit from it. You yeah. have to pay yourself and, and so that you can see the benefit to help push you to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I, I love this advice because I, I see it so common. And I think that when people aren't factoring for themselves in the equation, they stretch and reach for, for, and spend on things that they shouldn't be right now. I mean, I've even done this in my own business as it's like in that desire to grow, you know, the company, I, you know, money's coming in. And so I've spent it on things that if I look back, I go, Hmm, you know, I shouldn't have been spending on that right then. You know, I could have, I didn't need to overhaul the brand right then. I could have sat, sat tight for a bit and worked with what I got, you know, and not spent that money and put it, you know, 
invested it in myself and my family first, you know, and I, and granted, I, I had a different approach going into business, I think, because, you know, I had, I had a family of people I was responsible for and expecting a paycheck, but I see that a lot is that, you know, women were kind of wired to help everybody else first before ourselves. And in reality, like you're saying, it's like you, your business is not going to succeed and thrive unless you're succeeding and thriving. And you're going to just continue to see it as something that's, that's a drain on you if it's not rewarding you financially. And so I always, when I work with clients, I always say something very similar, start with your life, like start with your goals and then build a business that gets you there. Because if you don't have a vision of, you know, what it should be, it's really hard to work backwards and get to that, that point. And I think a lot of people just have some very, you know, oh, I want it, I want it to be a million dollar business. Well, that's great. But if we don't have a plan to get it to be, you know, a quarter of a million dollar business, it's going to be really hard to grow it to a million dollars. So you just got to start with what do you need? What do you need to pay people? I, I think that's really, really profound advice. Hmm. Well, the final question I want to ask you is that if people want to get more of your advice and insight, if people want to find you, follow you, maybe connect with you, work with you, where is the best ways for people to connect with you so that they can keep up with all the amazing work you're doing? They can definitely connect with me um, online. If you connect with me on Instagram or Twitter, um, or, or or even on LinkedIn, it, it's Sherelle T. Martin. You have to have the T um, because as uncommon as my name is, once I joined entrepreneurship world, I was like, there actually are a lot of other Sherelles out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and my last name is common. So, you know, it's in the Martin. It's, a, it's not an uncommon name. So you definitely have to put the T, but you can connect with me um, definitely in any of those spaces. Um, or, and you can feel free if you're if you're already, you know, want some advice or or want to chat, you know, you can also just shoot me an email at hello at nitrofinancial.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sherelle, for stopping by the podcast. I really enjoyed the conversation today and appreciate all the lessons and learnings that you were here to pass on to all of our listeners. So thank you so much. What a story and, and, you know, what truth telling. I mean, I am always honored to get to have these conversations, but nothing blows me away more than listening back to the things that are shared and the ways in which just women like Sherelle come by and open up about the truth and and the hurdles they faced and the things that really go into building um, a business. You know, I, I started this podcast because I wanted women to hear relatable stories, not just stories of, you know, folks who've made it to the proverbial mountaintop, but what it really takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. And Sherelle, you know, definitely showed up and showed out and gave us ideas and inspirations of how to grow something that you're truly proud of. I'm honored and grateful to her for coming by and sharing this content with you. And I'm honored and grateful for you all to continue to listen to these kinds of conversations. And, you know, if they are the kind that are making an impact on your world, tell a friend about this podcast or leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to us. My other ask is just a reminder, we're starting to curate some new content for upcoming episodes. So if there's somebody that you would love to hear their story, reach out to me and the team at hello at fearlessintraining.com. And I just want to thank you again for tuning in and come back, see us next week. We'll have another episode turning out for y'all. We'll see you there soon. Have an amazing day. And thank you for listening to the Finding Fearless podcast.